This is the city, Seattle, County of King, State of Washington, Seattle, USA. In all this wide, wide world, there's no other city quite like it. I'm Felix Bunnell, and this is Downtown Stories from the Downtown Seattle Association. Downtown Stories is a podcast launched in honor of the 60th anniversary of the Downtown Seattle Association. It's all about exploring the city where we live and finding out how it came to be one of the most dynamic downtowns anywhere. On this episode, in the late 1980s and early 1990s, downtown Seattle was in transition. The old Frederick Nelson department store was struggling, and the opportunity arose to reimagine Westlake and other parts of the retail core. Norm Rice was elected to the Seattle City Council in 1978. He was elected mayor a little more than a decade later, taking office in 1990 and serving two terms. During this period, when the modern downtown we know now was taking shape, Norm Rice had to balance the needs of retailers who wanted Pine Street reopened between 4th Avenue and 5th Avenue, and others who wanted to keep it closed. What was at stake? The Nordstrom deal to rehab the old Frederick and Nelson building. And what was it going to mean for the retail? What was going to happen? Uh, how are you going to balance that? What were we going to do? How were we going to do it? What needed to be happen? Uh, and I realized that uh, the real effect and the positive effect of downtown is that we have to have a healthy retail. I met Norm Rice at Wesley Park one morning in late November. The DSA holiday carousel hadn't yet opened up for the day, so we found chairs in the covered seating area, another amenity provided by the DSA in its role as manager of the park. So we're sitting here at Westlake Park. It's a very different Westlake Park that I remember when I was a kid in the 1970s, when the right. monorail still stopped here, and it was sort of a different, you know, there's that old Bartels, and it was just, it looked like it hadn't changed since about 1945, right. maybe since VE Day or VJ Day. Um, but it kind of became a, it became a big focus in the 90s through the DSA and through downtown Seattle, through, through, your, through the mayor's office. Now, you were elected in 1990? 89. You took office in 1990, that's right. Okay. When, when did you first come to Seattle? I came to Seattle, God, now. 68? to go back to school. So most of the time I've been in school and then I uh, worked for a while. I got a job in te uh, radio television writing news and so I worked for KIXI and then I wrote news and edited film for Como and I was just getting ready to become a real reporter and I decided to run for the city council. So do you recall the very first time you set foot in downtown Seattle and what what you remember? Do you have any memories of like the very first time? You know, I was thinking about that today. Uh, vague. <laughs> in a funny sort of way, there was no there in downtown in some degrees. Uh, in it was just kind of in the crossroads. You know, the uh, Westlake had been built. Saw uh, Fredericks and Nelson. Some of the big stores were starting to deteriorate and go away. And and. We were wondering what we were going to be, what kind of infusion and things we were going to do. The idea was that Westlake was going to be a, the Grand Park, like Central Park and the like. But it, remember, the park was there in Central Park before New York grew. We were growing all around us, and so we really had to think about some other things. How do you move traffic through in the city and around the city and make sure that people have pathways? When you live in the hourglass shape of Seattle, you don't have many alternatives. So making sure we had roadways that work, roadways that we move were, were really going to be important. So we opened up Pine Street to some people who wanted the big grand park. But I think in the, in the long term, we got a balance. 
between an open space, but at the same time, retail and other uh, shops and things can still thrive and not be locked out or landlocked or somehow not able to do the kinds of things they need to do. Yeah. Now, when you, what year did you run for council? Council that was. God. <laughs> I, I got elected uh, in seventy-eight. I think. 70, okay. And so, um, as a before you were a council member, were you aware of the Downtown Seattle Association or? Oh yeah, I had uh, worked for uh, uh, the Federal Home Loan Bank, which had an office down here. Uh, the uh, uh, all kinds of things. Most of my work was downtown, uh-huh. so uh-huh. I I I didn't live downtown, but I used downtown. It was an integral part of uh, the life that we had and the kinds of things we wanted. Yeah, and that's the part that's changed a lot. I mean, the, in the, especially in the last 30 years, I think, in particular, you've had the growth of Bellevue and just the, I don't know, the growth of the east side in particular because of the tech industry. But it seems like the downtown Seattle has held its own and, and at least kind of went toe-to-toe where other parts of the country, the downtown kind of withered when the suburbs and the exurbs up, grew up. You know, I hadn't. I was trying to think about it. I think what really happened, and I'm glad I was a part of it, is in the long term, it's about a public-private partnership. It's about understanding that each of us, the city, business, and other people, can forge a partnership to get something good for the greater good, rather than just for one person's interest in the lot. I didn't want to see a downtown die. I believe that when you live in a city with the revenue sources that come in, a thriving economic business community is going to be as most important than anything you have. We don't have an income tax. We don't have anything. So businesses have to thrive. People have to shop. People have to buy things so that you can have the revenues that can begin to fund the things that even I want. So it was that kind of partnership or that that theory in my mind that made me say, let's see what we can do together rather than looking at any one of those groups as sort of the enemy or at odds with what is the long-term sense of a city. Yeah, and what I think, it seems like the DSA has come into play and you know, leadership in the mayor's office is articulation of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Because um, I think it's I think it's easy for people who are downtown a lot or who are connected with these policy organizations or with government to sort of kind of assume what we're all doing. And it's different now. It's much different now. But it seems like it works best when the, the story is told in a way like, hey, here's here's what's going on in downtown, here's where the challenges yeah. are, here's how we're gonna meet those challenges. And it seems like that was part of the part of the reason that this worked down here in terms of the redevelopment of Frederick and Nelson, the bus Open. tunnel before that, the opening of Pine garage, Street, all those kinds of things. How it all came together. So how I mean do you remember specific people or specific instances that <laughs> I always ask these kinds of annoying questions, I'm sorry. Um, specific examples of where that kind of, I don't know, either articulation or leadership, whether it was from the private sector or the public sector, to get those kinds of partnerships you're talking about? Because that seems really key. Do you, do you remember a specific instance of any of those projects? I think at the end of the day, for me, I can't give it in the same way, but I'll give you a theory that I have, is that if you care about social services, homelessness, and all the other kinds of things, where are you going to get the revenue to pay for the things that you want? Well, the way you get the revenue and the way you do that is to have a good economic central kind of operation in the city so that those revenues come in so that you can pay. If you don't have that, then you're going to have a deterioration. 
a deterioration of jobs, a deterioration of the businesses, that you don't have the synergy, for want of a better word, that keeps it going. I just felt that if I care about homelessness, if I care about low-income housing and other kinds of things, and those things have to be raised with tax net revenues or property taxes, then I've got to look at both sides and say, how can we come together? What do you need so I can help those folks? And we do it as a partnership. A private-public partnership is just that. It isn't one that one partner gets more and the other doesn't. You balance those kinds of things. I'm not saying that all my friends thought that. <laughs> some people felt, well, tax, 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 the businesses, and I'll get, get, get. Yeah. But it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think I came from a background that really helped. I worked for Rainier Bank. I managed corporate contributions. I worked for the Federal Home Loan Bank that used to be across the street that built low-income housing and, and, and those kinds of things. So I saw that balance, yeah. and that's a balance that I think you have to have in the city and it's going to thrive. Businesses have to thrive. Low-income people have to have options, and you, you figure out how to build that kind of coalition and move forward. Then, then the city grows together. And I found that some of my strategic partners for low-income housing, for the Education Summit, came to the business community from downtown. Uh, it wasn't just uh, uh, one off or one, one coalition on one side. So it was easy to kind of look at that balance and make that happen. I think any city, and the city's changed and the demands have really grown. Clearly, what's happening on the east side has effect on us. We feel it. You know what I mean? It isn't that we have to compete against it. We've got to recognize what are the good things we have in the city, build on those good things, make sure that we don't lose the treasures that we have, and I think you can keep that balance. There aren't going to be great new theaters on the east side, so Fifth Avenue will be in another place that's going to still thrive here. So understand that and make sure that we keep that kind of synergy going on. As you can see, it isn't like downtown isn't still growing and still investments are being made. And it's understanding that balance. Yeah. Now, during your years as mayor, um, what was the biggest challenge or biggest, was there a crisis? Was there a particular thing that, that stressed the system or that made you sort of like lose a lot of sleep? Or <laughs> Let me come to wait. I, 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 think, I think the... Uh, uh, Frederick and Elson's, you know, when it closed, yeah. and what was it going to mean for the retail, what was going to happen, uh, how are you going to balance that, what were we going to do, how are we going to do it, what needed to be happen. Uh, and I realized that uh, the real effect and the positive effect of downtown is that we have to have a healthy retail. And so, therefore, uh, it was we were fortunate that Nordstrom's decided that they wanted to Take a look at that building, yeah. and then Pacific Place with Matt Griffin, who was right over there, <laughs> who uh, decided to do deal with Westlake, you know, and the kinds of things they were building with Pacific Center, yeah. and we started to see uh, energy coming back. That's really good. I think we're faced today with some challenges. I don't mean that things are going, but there's a redo of Pacific Center, but it looks pretty good from what I see. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I live down here, so it yeah. isn't like we're apart and looking and say, what's happening to downtown? We're a part of downtown. Uh, I still like the notion that living in a place where you can live and work and play, for want of a better word, is what every city needs to thrive for. Yeah. Uh, it is a city that shouldn't go dark at night. Yeah. It should keep that vibrancy in life, you know, almost 24-7 if you can. 
and I think we've done a pretty good job of doing that. Fifth Avenue Theater's still good, the Paranauts still good. We're getting people that come at night, they're coming at people with new businesses they're moving in. So I think that uh, having that attitude, uh, the big thing is to make sure you're not pitting businesses against uh, social services or anything else, but understanding they work together. Uh, that's hard sometimes for some people, but I really think that uh, it isn't that you tax the rich and give to the poor, you tax so that the city can grow. Everybody thrives and everybody gets something from it, not just one or the other. Now, you know, nowadays, Belltown, South Lake Union in particular, that's where, everyone, that's where all the, the growth is, the construction, the, right. the traffic issues, the Mercer mess, all that stuff. In, during your administration in those days, was there any inkling of what was going to happen with South Lake Union or Belltown? Or was, was the Seattle Commons during, were you mayor when Seattle Commons was Just kind of going through. I, yeah, yeah. I, I have to search my memory. Things have happened. Some, yeah. But the Commons, Commons was a good idea. Uh, maybe a little too big for people to put their arms around, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I, I was more for pocket parks. Another yeah. kind of thing. Scale matters. And a big park like Central Park in Seattle might be more difficult to to manage. Yeah. So transportation is an issue in Seattle now, and it probably was in 1851 when the sure. Denny Party landed at, out at Alki. But what was the issues around mobility when you were mayor? Well, I think it uh, was how do you get people from place to place as fast as they can and as conveniently as you can. One of the things at one time is we closed Pine Street uh, because we thought that was better for the park. But when you have an hourglass shape of your downtown, you don't have many, many ways to get through it. So opening up Pine Street was important, uh, not in the sense of uh, selfishly, but mobility in an hourglass-shaped city is <laughs> a big challenge. So you've got to make sure you have good, solid ways in which people get through those areas. Was there ever frustration in a time like that where, you know, there's obviously with a city the size of Seattle, there's all these different issues and the, the levels of complexity with the policy, you know, there's reams and reams of paper. Then it seems to always come down to these, these, these kind of binary things. Pine Street, open or close. And it's like everyone's battling about this one little bit of this much more complicated system. Did you ever stand up there in your office in the old municipal building and kind of, you know, clenching your fists and like, ah! Like, kind of like, why don't they get it? Was there ever, were there moments of... No, not really. <laughs> I, 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 I've had a wonderful life. <laughs> I, was, I was president of a community club, so I used to have to rally against City Hall. Uh, you know, other kinds of things. But I, but I do think that how do you pay for it? Uh, if you don't do it, what is the net effect of not doing it? Yeah. And what do you not, you know, and, and looking at the long term yeah. and willing to take the risk, you know, against the short term. That, that I, uh, I am pleased to see downtown pretty good for where it is. I think, I think uh, social problems have caused new problems, but that's not a lot that I could totally have control over. Yeah. But, but uh, mobility... Uh, a sense of feeling that you can move through the city, shop in the city, live, work, and, and I like to say play, yeah. is as essential in a city as you can. And one of the things we're lucky about, people don't just leave, they're now living here. Yeah. And people don't, you know, like in New York where you come in at night and then you go. So you have that balance. I think we have some competition from the suburbs and other places, but that competition isn't all bad, you know. Mm -hmm. 
It's just that you've got to build on the strengths of Seattle, build on the vibrancy of what you have, understand that the symphony and all the kinds of things that bring people in at night, um, the buildings and places that give people jobs in the day, is what's going to help the city move as well as it wants to. And even those people who might think maybe there's too much of an emphasis on downtown or something else, you know, I just tell somebody that you can't tax your way out of uh, uh, social problems. You're going to have to also have partners, and those partners are the, built, the, the, the companies and others who play a vital part in the vitamin C scale. And you said this a few moments ago about the notion of Seattle becoming a 24-hour city. I think for those of us who have lived here constantly for the last three, four decades, I'm, I'm in, I turned 50 this year, so I've been here the whole time. Well, you're a kid. And, <laughs> um, but that the shift, the radical shift between the Seattle that I remember in the 19, late 80s even in particular, where there was a couple of night spots around the city, a couple where there were like Pioneer Square or whatever, yeah. University District, there were places where things were going on. But here downtown in the 80s, there was nobody here oh, at no. night. Nobody yeah. was supposed to be here at night. It was just, there was nobody living here. I mean, and then obviously I'm generalizing here. Sure. But that shift is just radical. I think few people who come here now have any idea how sleepy or quiet the downtown was oh, no. after 6 p.m. almost okay. every night. It has changed. I, I, you know, when I, uh, when I came here from Denver, uh, I was living for a while in, in Tacoma, then moved to Seattle. Uh, you know, it still was. There were times, that, you know, last person leaving Seattle turned out the <laughs> lights. It was, yeah. it was kind of late going, kind of gone down. People yeah. were wondering. But one of the things that I say, and I know I sound like a booster, but I am. But no, boosting is good. It's, there still is a can-do attitude in Seattle, that we can make our future, that we can build things that still go forward. Uh, uh, the big thing is not to think of anyone as the enemy. <laughs> But think of everyone as the partner. That's hard to do sometimes because it's easy sometimes to to run against something. It's hard to build a coalition. But the coalition and what you build is going to last for a lifetime. Uh, the divisions that you might try to build your uh, success on are, are very temporary. So as I said, I think I told you earlier, how do you pay for it in a city that has doesn't have an income tax, doesn't have the other kinds of things, then building revenue, building the kinds of places where you can get that revenue to pay for social services and everything, has got to be a part of your DNA. And a downtown uh, is, is not only uh, vibrant for where people go, but it's a, a reflection of the opportunities of the region of, of downtown. And so I think you really got to make sure that people and businesses and others still want to be here, want to locate, open up offices, and that we try our best to give them as much support to pay for low-income housing, to pay for uh, the kinds of programs we get. Uh, and, and it's automatic to me. Now, and even if you decided that you don't need to be an O-tax or a SEPS-tax, even the income tax has to have that same kind of reflection. I'm going to tax you to pay for those things. What am I giving you in return? I can't just take it. I've got to give you a city that you want to go to, a city that you want to bring your kids down to, the kinds of things that still are going to make you uh, feel good about where you are. When they open up the uh, Christmas nights, you have lights in downtown. It's a wonderful 
uh, feeling to see. People are bringing their kids in to see it. It's, it's a reflection of a great opportunity, and we want to keep that treasure as vibrant as we can. Governing's pretty tricky, though, isn't it? When you've got a city council and you've got constituents and you've got interests who are all... It seems like that takes a lot. <laughs> it does. Uh, I, I, that's another story, so I won't get into it. I think, I think the thing that I said earlier, and I'll just say it again, is when you really think about a city that doesn't have an income tax and that business and occupation tax and sales tax are are a major part of that, those dollars, then you better be thinking about how is it all working, not what am I going to get. Businesses now have choices where they can go, where they can locate, what they can do, and people need to be aware of that. And it isn't about us against them, it's about how we build a vibrant city and keep it vibrant. And that means that you got to build a place, and I'll just repeat it again, where you can live, work, and play, and learn if you take education in it. Those are the four ingredients, and every one of them ought to, ought to have an investment strategy for them. And every one of them, given in our, our economic world that we live in, is based on taxes and revenue coming in. Sales taxes is <laughs> How did Downtown Seattle Association uh, like serve as an ally in some of the stuff you were trying to accomplish? You know, I, I, it's probably how I got involved. Uh, I worked for Rainier Bank. I worked at uh, managing corporate contributions for the bank. I understood oh, that balance between uh, the uh, the balance between how do you keep business thriving and how do you keep people working on things. I think what happened is that when we opened up Pine Street, which was a big fight, yeah. a big fight, <laughs> I, 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 my feeling was they've come to my aid on things that I want. I ought to be able to look at what they want and see if there's a balance. That they, you know, I, I know it sounds corny to say there's a win-win, but there is more of a win-win than not. And if you can understand how the investments that you're making to have a thriving downtown are also going to be felt and by the people around you, I think you're going to have something good. Yeah. But if you look at everybody as enemies <laughs> rather than partners, you can't, you, can't, you can't survive. Anything you miss about being mayor? No. <laughs> I've taken the 12 <laughs> steps. I'm in recovery. No, I, I tell everybody it's the best job I ever had. But I think every now and then you need to walk away. Yeah. Each mayor is faced with new challenges. Yeah. It, it's different from when, you know, for Jenny Durkin or Break Nichols than for me. Yeah. I understand that. And I don't sit up at home and say, when I was mayor, by God. You know, <laughs> things change. People change. Uh, the workforce has changed. Uh, a lot of things have changed. But I think the real thing is just everybody coming in, I would hope, would always keep the idea of a balance. That you can't get there alone. You can't get there by taxing one group. You've got to spread the benefit so that everybody begins to feel that downtown is still theirs, not one group or anybody else's. Leadership is, is a, a fragile thing. And with leadership, you have to take risks. You can't just lead by making everybody happy. And you can't lead by just 
picking the scab and making everybody mad. <laughs> you know, you, you've got to have courage and you've got to have an expectation of how you convince people to make the right investments to keep the city moving and not necessarily villainizing people who oppose you but really spending that time to get them to be partners too. Uh, you've got to remember downtown Seattle and other types of things. They got involved in homelessness. They got involved in housing, low-income housing. It wasn't quite that one-off where they were there and these people were there. They looked at ways in which they could do their job too. And I think that's why, the, for me, the partnership was real. Uh, I, I had partners who were members of the DSA who were involved with the education summit who were looking at ways to keep investments in schools and the like. Not because uh, they were also altruistic, but uh, families and people living in Seattle come down to shop. <laughs> you know, so therefore, it's in your interest to yes. think about the whole because you're going to benefit from a healthy community. Norm Rice, thanks for being our guest on Downtown Seattle Stories. Makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> You've been listening to a conversation with Norm Rice, former Seattle mayor. He was my guest on Downtown Stories, a podcast from the DSA. I'm producer and host Felix Bunnell. See you next time for more Downtown Stories. <laughs>